Alternative Radio. Welcome to the Ken Mack and Coach JV Show. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together. Let's go. All right, Warriors. It is time to get your shit together. I'm Coach JV. We got Ken Mack, and we're going to be sharing with you guys how unbelievably important October 18th is. Now, I think you all agree that we are in a historical, historical time right now. We apologize for yesterday, but it's part of the narrative that's going on. Facebook shut down, Instagram shut down, WhatsApp app shut down, and it put us in a really weird position where we couldn't communicate. But think about that, Warriors. It's all by design, and there's a narrative. As you look this way, there's a whole nother narrative going on this way. So we got to get prepared, and October 20, or excuse me, October 18th is a very, very critical date. So what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be going over the world, or excuse me, the American debt clock. I'm going to talk a little bit about October 18th and Ken Mack's going to dive into currency. And then we're going to open it up for questions and do some charting. I do want to remind you guys, I will be in Dubai the 14th through the 18th. We'll be doing a meet and greet with Ken Mack and coach JV. I'll be spending some time out there with some crypto influencers. We will be connecting. That's what we're here to do is connect you guys with people that can help you move into the quantum financial system and the new biggest shift in generational wealth. So let's go ahead and get it kicked off. Uh, Ken Mack, first of all, how are you doing, brother? How's everything going in your life? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Very excited to be here. And uh, again, sorry, guys, for yesterday was out with our control. We did hang on to do everything that we could to be with you, to share this news with you all. So, um, yeah, we're uh, excited to get into this content and share with you uh, some very important uh, key pieces of information about the 18th of October. It's uh, yeah. a lovely 35 degree evening here in Dubai as well. So, uh, again, very blessed to, uh, to be living in uh, such a nice place. Awesome. And I can't wait to see you, man. We're going out there. We'll be there Thursday. So we got our technical analysis team coming out, Dustin from our media team. We're going to be having some fun and we're going to go live from Dubai. So it'll be cool. We're going to do our first show in Dubai. We're probably going to have a special location. We will surprise you guys with our location out there. So let's jump right into it, Warriors. I know you guys come here to learn, but I want to first show you this U.S. debt clock. Okay. So now this is not an official government website, but this basically is a U.S. debt clock, but it gives you an example of where we're at in our GDP. Okay. So let me explain economics or macroeconomics to you guys. So gross domestic product and you have your debt, right? So let's imagine as a person, right? So if I walked into a car dealership as America right now, I would get declined for a loan. Or if I walked into a bank, I would get declined for a loan because my debt to income ratio is upside down. So this is the current U.S. national debt in America. The U.S. national debt is at $28 trillion. Now, the important thing you need to understand is that the debt ceiling was set to $22 trillion. And on August 1st, they were supposed to raise the debt ceiling. They did not raise the debt ceiling. They went on summer session. They went and hung out with their families as we're waiting for the whole economy to figure out what's going on. So they came back from summer session now. And the big battle is whether they're going to raise the debt ceiling. Now, what is gross domestic product? This is important for you to understand because there's many different narratives going on that's affecting gross domestic product. The G, or excuse me, the quantitative easing is affecting the gross domestic product. And I'm going to show you how that's affecting the stock market. So GDP is the products, goods, and services all in America. If we sold all of them, would we be able to pay off our debt? That's how you get a positive debt to income ratio, right? So our debt is so high that if we sold all the products, goods, and services in America, we would not be able to pay off our debt. So we're screwed financially basically in America. So the big narrative that's happening right now that is so critical on October 18th, if they don't raise the debt ceiling, if they do, well, let's see what Janet Yellen says, our favorite person. Okay, let's go over here. So U.S. faces a recession if Congress doesn't address the debt limit within two weeks, Yellen says. I'm going to share with you my opinion, not financial advice, not a financial advisor. I think it's all political theater to move in the new, the new financial system. Okay, what do I think is going to happen? I think they're going to absolutely raise the debt ceiling. Why? Because they're going to turn on the printing machine full blast. Biden is speaking about his 1.2 to I think $3 trillion um, infrastructure bill. Basically, when that is fully going, when the debt ceiling gets raised, they're going to turn the printing machine on. Now, what does that mean? And now Ken's going to talk about um, fiat currency or talk about currency, right? Warriors, if you're just a normal everyday person and you're just trying to go to your job, you're just over broke. 
that is going to hurt you tremendously because the richest people in the world are living in a completely different paradigm than you, a completely different paradigm than you. Because what we're doing is we're taking our money and putting it into assets, things that are tangible, things that we can continue to grow, right? And what the normal everyday person in the system you've been born into, the just overbroke system, is you're trying so hard just to earn a paycheck so that you can pay your bills. So you're stuck in this vicious cycle, and that's what this is all about. But we want you to understand the macroeconomics, okay? So Janet Yellen talks about if we don't raise this in two weeks. So what would happen is if we don't raise a debt ceiling in October 18th, uh, the U.S. will default on their debt. So basically, we'll go bankrupt. If you think about it, America is the superpower, the financial superpower. If we go bankrupt, what happens? On the other hand, if they decide to raise the debt ceiling due to our irresponsibility in managing our finances – they just give us a get out of jail free card and they start pumping. So where do they get the money to raise a debt ceiling? Let's talk about that. Okay, It's through quantitative easing. What they'll do is they'll go to companies and they'll buy junk bonds, right? They can buy debt from companies that are struggling. They monetize that debt and they put that money back into the system. Well, what does that look like? Well, let me show you what that can do to your system and let me show you the Warren Buffett indicator. So what this means is those of you who are in the 401k, and I'm not giving you financial advice, but in the stock market. So this is Warren Buffett. He's one of the top investors in the world. And you have to think about what Warren Buffett's been doing lately. So Warren Buffett closed out of a lot of his bank stocks. He raised his position in Bank of America by 10%, which is a number two holding. I believe it's because it's connected to Ripple, not financial advice. So Am or Apple's number one, Bank of America's number two. And he increased his position in Bank of America by 10%, closed out of a lot of bank stocks. He also invested in New Bank. New Bank, which is a cryptocurrency type bank that invests in Bitcoin. So he's not in crypto, but he's investing in the technology and banks that are in crypto. Okay. So now this is called the Warren Buffett indicator. What they do, so what I told you about GDP, is they take the gross domestic product, the annualized GDP, and then they take the value of the stock market. Okay. So who's in the stock market? A lot of corporations. It's it's basically buying stocks and corporations, right? Okay. So the stock market's valued at 53 trillion. But the GDP is at $22 trillion. So if you divide the two, you have an overvalued stock market of 232%. Now, why is that happening? Why could it be happening, right? If there's some economists on here, please help me understand this. But basically what I believe is happening is that because of quantitative easing, companies that should not be surviving right now are surviving. There was so much money pumped in the economy that these big corporations are, are hanging on by the, the quantitative easing, okay? The bailout money. So you have companies that are showing a positive growth, but there's no GDP going into the system. So they're valued at this much, but there's actually no growth in the economy. We have a supply chain management problem happening right now because of the C word, right? Everybody's looking this way, the supply chain management. So we're heading into this weird realm of October 18th. If America defaults, we're screwed, right? If we don't default, they're going to start printing the machine and, and the elites, the richest people in the world are going to be running towards assets. So for you as a cryptocurrency holder or an asset holder, you're going to see some price appreciation because Everybody's going to be flooding into assets. But I believe, and I'll, you know, Ken's going to jump in here and share his, his belief system. And because it's all about getting different perspectives, right? We're not financial advisors. None of this is financial advice. But I believe we're going to have the biggest financial collapse in history within the next year or two. That's my opinion. And I think those who leverage themselves into assets, properties, buying companies that I'm learning from, you know, it's, he's Mr. Miyagi. I'm the karate kid. I'm heading out to Dubai to learn more from him next week. Is that whereas you really need to prepare your family right now. You do. And number one, you need to prepare, prepare your family mentally, not just physically, not just financially, but mentally for one of the biggest collapses in financial history. So I'll remind you what happened in 1929. You know, hear ye, hear ye, the banks are collapsed. So literally a run on the banks. People are taking their money out of the banks. People had no clue what was going on. And after that, people were jumping out of buildings. It was a very depressive time within America. But the difference between then and now, Warriors, is you have resources. You can look this stuff up. You can look at the M1 money report. You can look at the U.S. national debt clock. You have resources everywhere. You don't just have somebody running down the street that controls the media, giving you the information, and you have to make an informed decision based on something that's already happened. You now get the opportunity to understand what's happening before it happens. But here's why you don't. It's because we're looking at a WAP video that has 2 billion views right? And the World Economic Forum has a fraction of those views. It's telling you that you're going to own nothing in the next 10 years. 
So I want you to think about that. You group of 109 people watching this in the future, there's going to be about 10,000 people watching this. You are a small percentage of the population. And what I want to share with you before I kick it over to Ken is you have a big responsibility. You have a massive responsibility to help yourself so you can help your family because many people are not going to listen to you because they've been indoctrinated into this just over broke system for year after year after year. So imagine trying to turn a freight tanker you're not going to turn the freight tanker. What you have to do is change yourself. And by changing yourself, you can help others worse. So stop trying to convince other people of what's happening and convince yourself of what's happening and rise worse. That's what this is all about. So let's just do a quick recap before I kick it over to Ken. So your, your GDP right now, gross domestic product versus your debt in America is negative. Okay. And if, oh, let me show you guys something really quickly. I was going to show this to Ken, but let me show you the, um, the future. Okay. So say they do raise the debt ceiling. This is a really neat clock. This is uh, the website is USD, usdebtclock.org. Okay. So I'm going to click this little button up here and it's going to give you a time machine. So we're, we're on 2021. Look at the national debt. It's 28 trillion. The gross domestic products at 22 trillion. Let's go to 2025. This is if we continue on this path, look at how bad it will be in 2025. 48 trillion in debt. And the GDP will only go up to $27 trillion. That is disastrous, disastrous, disastrous words. So they may just keep kicking the can down the road. Now, why is this important um, and why they need to keep the debt ceiling going? Because do you see this down here? It says largest budget, budget items are Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and defense and war. Okay. Now, if you can't raise the debt ceiling and we can't fund the government, you will not get Medicare or Medicaid. You will not get Social Security and we will not be able to defend the country. So think about that. So that's where we're at, Warriors. Welcome to the biggest shift in your economic system. So, Ken Mack, the floor is yours. Yeah, that's some very scary insights. And not many people are talking about what's coming. And I've been doing a little bit of research myself to, you know, help everybody understand this in layman's terms as well. So, you know, you mentioned uh, Janet's... Uh, let me just take a look here. Was it Janet? Uh, Janet Lemon? Yemen? Yellen, Yellen, yep. Okay. So she had said that a delay on raising the debt ceiling would not only make the federal government look irresponsible, but likely cause irreparable damage to the US economy and global financial markets. Now, as I was doing some research, what could these implications be? Stock market crash, crypto market crash, gold and silver market crash, interest rate increase, which will result in a housing market crash, increased unemployment, US dollar drop, because um, you know, less and less people, as you can see now, are becoming a little bit nervous holding the US dollar, as me included. Uh, reserve currency status gone. I think that's going to happen anyway. Uh, prices will rapidly increase uh, assets, daily cost of food. Um, so, yeah, it's going to impact the entire world. This is insane. Now, um, what's his name? Senator Rick Ross. Yeah, he was saying that America's nearly $30 trillion debt crisis cannot be ignored. He said, today, I'm urging every member of Congress to protect the fiscal security of our nation by refusing to increase the debt ceiling unless it is accompanied by true structural spending reform. We must end the reckless waste of taxpayers' dollars. So that's what he said. Now, um, it's a pretty crazy time that we're living in. You know, you can't print money without acquiring debt. So if you fail to repay the debt, then the currency goes poof into the air and you lose everything in your bank and paper becomes worthless. Now, if tax revenue falls and interest rates and borrowing rise, U.S. got a rise after leaving the U U.S. and the credit rating was downgraded, then again, it won't take much to rock the boat. And this happened many times throughout history. It was a major contributor to why Hitler kicked off World War II. So why do normal people think that this is different? That remember that normal people are not financial experts. Now, taking a look at... Um, the, the fiat currency system and what you know fiat currency is our mechanism towards buying assets and we spoke about reprogramming your mind 
so that we're not no we're no longer working for assets. Sorry, we're no longer working for money, bits of paper. We're working for tangible assets. So this is a complete shift in consciousness from what we've been taught, you know, all through our life that we need to work for these bits of paper. But now we're starting to understand these bits of paper. And let me just share this with you just now on my screen. I, here we are here, just so that you can see what we're speaking about. So for the, those of you guys who do not know what the M1 money stock supply is, you can hear from you can see here from 1975. This you know they've been printing money like crazy, um, but then it got even more crazy in 2010. And this is when I started um, out buying businesses. So I was um, you know born into the entrepreneurial world during the last crisis. But uh, you know what we're about to experience. You know the last crisis was not a fart in the wind in the cosmos of time compared to what is about to come our way. Now, you can see round about March, April, the this insane Burj Khalifa uh, pattern here to the moon. That is insane and incredible money printing. So the first thing that my head says was, I need to get out the, uh, uh, the fiat currency system as quickly as I can. So imagine if, you know, I, uh, you know, if that's me thinking that, how many other people and bigger investors are out there thinking the same thing. So think about what happens. We are now trying to exit uh, fiat currency. And it's, it amazes me how many people think that fiat currency is backed by gold and silver. And uh, you know, people having a go at me saying, you know, but it's backed by metal. And saying, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Money is backed by nothing. It's backed by nothing but false promises. This is a Ponzi scheme, my friends, on an epic scale. That's what fiat currency is, the US dollar. Now, as uh, people start flocking to assets, I'm sure in the UK and the USA, you've seen um, an insane uh, surge in real estate uh, getting bought up. And not only are uh, pieces of real estate selling as per the valuation, they're selling well beyond what the valuations of these pieces of real estate have been valued at. Now, as people start to uh, accumulate more assets heavily, it starts to devalue the dollar and overinflate the value of currency. Now, if I just um, explain to you the five stages of fiat currency. So stage one is when it's fueled by optimism and euphoria as politicians promise growth stimulus with the least amount of pain and discipline. Stage two that's when we've got restrictions. They're slowly removed from the currency creation process. Stage three, in summary, is the gambling stage where excessive liquidity makes its way into the stock market and real estate market. Stage four is probably where we're at just now, is the penultimate stage of fiat currency and its cycle. Sluggish growth in Western countries force financial institutions to try and make money through other means than financing and brokerage fees. At this stage, Corruption prevails. Fundamentals are ignored and wealth is concentrated in the hands of a few. So at this point, individuals must look out for themselves by not trusting the government or financial advisors. Those who failed to do so would suffer potential loss of wealth in the later part of stage four and stage five. So stage five is what's about to happen. This is when we have hyperinflation, which is the worst economic phase of the fiat currency cycle. So in stage five, the currency becomes worthless. At this stage, precious metals are often reoccurring in the monetary system to be used as currency or be used to back up the currency. So keep in mind that hyperinflation has occurred at least 56 times during the last century. So what's going to make this time different? So at each cycle, only the movers and the shakers can influence lawmakers to implement laws that benefit the rich and the elite, especially those with the highest concentration of wealth. The middle and low-class low income groups, they lose out in the most and tend to feel that the rich get richer. And this is due to the rapid erosion of purchasing power. So if you had a million dollars in the bank one year ago, um, around about March last year, that is probably worth the purchasing power of six hundred to $700,000 now. So that purchase purchasing power caused by it's caused by inflation. 
And inflation is a hidden tax. So during each stage of inflation, gold appears to rise in value as currencies continue to lose value. So this is because as paper money loses its value, the only alternative will be real money represented by precious metals such as gold and silver. And those who follow me on Instagram can very clearly see me rushing multiple times per week to buy gold and to buy silver so that I have something tangible in my hands in case the worst happens, which I am absolutely sure, my friends, this is going to happen. So the increased demand means that they will have they will appreciate in value not only against fiat currency, but also against other tangible assets. So there is a strong possibility that the global monetary system may collapse in the near future due to a crisis of confidence in the paper money system. So individuals must realize that the current debt-based model for the monetary system is not sustainable. And there will come a breaking point where the government debt becomes uncontrollable, as Coach JV has very clearly demonstrated with that time machine uh, clock um, showing the amount of debt in years to come. So when that happens, you want to keep your assets in the only real money, my friends, which is gold and silver. So let's dive into this too. Like, so one of the biggest things is, so I think people are probably like, what the heck, you know, cause this is, think about this. We're, we moved from just watching the news and the media to now being our own news and media. Think about this back in the days, 15 years ago, we barely had MySpace, and now we have the opportunity to hear from guys like Ken Mack and I, from you know Robert Kiyosaki's. You have Ray Dalio, who is one of the top economists in the world, talking about hyperinflation and warning people about hyperinflation and telling people that cash is trash. That is his exact words. So what I'm doing in the cryptocurrency space, and I want to ask you a few questions, Ken, is so, for example, Kevin, Ken and I are heavily in cryptocurrency as well. So what I'm personally doing in cryptocurrency is I'm obviously I believe it's so what I believe is going to happen with crypto. This is my belief system is that because of the, the debt ceiling narrative. If they raise the debt ceiling, I believe it's going to explode cryptocurrency because what that tells me as somebody who is trying to hedge against the U.S. dollar collapsing, if they say, yes, we're going to turn the printing machine on full blast, this, this uh, you know, infrastructure bill is going to go full blast. Literally, what that tells me as somebody who's learning about assets and how to grow generational wealth, it says to me, holy shit, this dollar is going to continue to deflate. So I want to get out of the dollar into assets. So the smart money is going to come rushing into cryptocurrency, right? Financial advisors are going to start to edge towards the cryptocurrency market. And what's going to happen, cryptocurrency is going to go straight up and then it's going to come crashing back down pretty dramatically. So what I'm doing is that's what I believe is going to happen is I have an exit strategy. I'm exiting 50% of my crypto portfolio. I'm putting money on the sidelines for the bear market crash to build absolute massive amounts of wealth in the next bear market. Um, and also, too, I'm going into LBOs with Ken Mack. And so that's that's I've been sharing with you guys. He's Mr. Miyagi. I'm karate kid learning that space but let's talk about that so ken what are you doing so i know you're heavy into precious metals but what are you doing with your cryptocurrency portfolio yeah so i take quite a lot of time to think about that it's a good question because i'm holding a significant portfolio and i want to make sure that uh, i'm not left in the bear market i know that people like michael seller have got the long-term vision of never selling a bitcoin and that's fine, fine. Um, everybody has their own strategy uh, but I am going to look towards, um, I do believe a monumental pump is coming and I'll be looking to start dollar cost averaging out of the markets by October. Um, I think that we could get a huge big blow off top in Q1, maybe January or February. You know, this is pure speculation. We don't have a crystal ball, so we can't promise you that this is what's going to happen. But looking at what happened in the past, in the previous market cycles, history does rhyme. So I'm going to be exiting out into stable coins across various different platforms. I'll be exiting into uh, yield up, of course, because I'm getting 20.5%. In fact, I'm, I'm heading uh, after this session, I'll be heading for dinner with the founder of yield up, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to be heavily into yield up because of the amazing um, the return that they're giving me and just for the, the, the sheer stability of their, their company and platform. The second thing I'm going to be looking at is a, is averaging back into PancakeSwap, hopefully if the APR is still high. 
I'll be um, hedging my bets across multiple platforms. I'm not going to put all of my eggs in one basket, of course. So I might be looking at Nexo. I'm in Celsius now as well and any other maybe higher risk platform that's out there. Uh, by 2022, 2023, I'm going to look at, um, uh, in fact, I'm going to be looking at allocating a portion of my holdings into uh, mining. So I'm uh, a, a partnership with uh, a mining company in Russia. So they host the equipment and um, you just pay them, I think it's $6 per kilowatt hour and they can supply the equipment for you and source it. So uh, I'm going to be mining some Bitcoin before the next happening. And I'll be looking at buying back in 2022, end of 2022 and 2023 in preparation for hopefully finding somewhere near the bottom of um, a pullback, a significant pullback. Because if we get this huge blow off top, we could be looking and we do. I know that, uh, you know, Bitcoin, you either love it or you hate it. But we need to understand that this is what drives the market. This is the dominant, dominant currency just now. And that is what is going to dictate what, which way the market moves. Um, but it is possible, it's very possible that we could see a $150,000, $200,000 Bitcoin. Uh, personally, I will probably not be waiting for that. Um, you know, I, any profit is good, of course. But I want to um, very uh, strategically manage my risk and dollar cost average out a small percentage um, every week back out in the market until I'm fully exited. If the market continues to pump, I'm not going to jump back in. I'm going to just sit back and I will wait for the tool back because we all know that it's going to come. And when yeah. it comes, it comes yeah. hard. And um, yeah. I'm sure um, you know you guys that are watching this now, it's not a very nice feeling mm. when you see a big portfolio and then all of a sudden you are sitting there with half of what you had a couple of days ago. This is an emotional head fuck, my friends. This is emotionally challenging. But what I can tell you is that this um, is character building. And this is going to strengthen you and prepare you for what's ahead. Now, the, the, the kicker is what implications is this event on the 18th of October going to have to the markets? Right. Because there are no guarantees right now. You know, the market is starting to pump and everything's bullish. But things can start to change very quickly. You know, millions of elderly and disabled Americans might not receive payment on time. Yep. Federal employees, which is 2 million, they'll be delayed. So it's a, it's a very, um, it's a questionable time that we're in just now. And it's worrying because... What do you think, Coach GV? What What do you think? Do you? I, I know a lot of people that are starting to sell out of the market in preparation uh, for buying back in. But my problem with that is that the market. You, you've got two factors here. The market mm -hmm. is either going to dip, and you know you you get to uh, buy some cheaper XRP or Bitcoin. Yep. yep. But the other thing is this: that you miss the boat and you end up buying higher. Right. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, so I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. So I have a, what's called a ladder excess strategy. Same thing. I'm, I'm dollar cost averaging out of the market um, and I'm keeping 50. So for me, I'm keeping 50% my, 50 of my portfolio long term. And I'll share with you guys. That's why I call Ken, uh, Mr. Miyagi and me uh, karate kid, right? So he's in a different financial position than I am. That's why he's my mentor because I'm working to get to his financial position and I hope to help him get to the next financial position, right? And so he's in a, maybe a different financial position than me. And so for example, I started my, I lost all my money two years ago. So I started my re resetting my wealth building strategy by understanding what the billionaires were doing versus so I started to invest in assets right in wealth generation and so what I'll be doing is I'm going to hold 50% of my portfolio long term as I exit out of the market ladder out and the reason why I'm holding 50% is just in case like you said Ken there's a uh uh, super cycle, right? All of a sudden, say the XRP case gets pushed back till December, January, February, because I think two things and I, I was actually looking for the TikToker that said this, I love this dude. But I want to give him credit when I find his name, I'll, I was trying to find it. Um, but he said something powerful, you know, he said, when the XRP case gets settled in Ripple's favor, or the Ripple case gets settled in Ripple's favor, and a Bitcoin ETF comes, boom, the prices are going to go through the roof. But as Ken said, it's going to go up really fast. And as soon as you get excited, 
it's going to collapse on you. It's going to collapse as hard as it goes up. It's going to come collapsing back down. That's the biggest thing I keep preaching. And, and I'm hoping to drill into your guys' head. If you're a new crypto investor, know that what goes up must come down and it's going to come down hard. It happened in May. We had a lot of people coming in. I think it was January. February. We had a ton of people from December till about uh, April and they were super excited getting into crypto. And all of a sudden, I think it was May when it collapsed, wasn't this year. And everybody was like, what happened? I lost half my portfolio or, or they had just gotten in in the highest parts and it's like you have to build a strategy that's one thing that ken has taught me i built a strategy in crypto right but the problem is i'm heavily heavily weighted in crypto so as i've been learning as i'm going to start to diversify into precious metals which i'm already doing right i got my precious metal dealer so i'm getting that set up and then what ken's going to be teaching me is to leverage into buying companies and then from there buying properties right and so i'm doing the same thing you are laddering out i'm not going to exit fully out of the market I'm keeping 50% long term. I don't care if it collapses all the way down. The reason why I'm doing that is to catch um, if there's a super cycle and then also too for capital gains as well. So those are the things that I'm doing. Um, I'm following your strategy around the precious metals. Um, I'm encouraging people in my community to look into precious metals uh, to make sure they get that hard, tangible asset in front of them. And it's just that's the thing I want to preach to people that are because we have a lot of people who are new to all this is like you just got to understand what is like God's money, earth, right? The buildings, that, that stuff that is actually tangible that you can hold on to what I'm learning. Cryptocurrency is not tangible. Can you not hold on to it? It is an asset. It's a very speculative asset that's going to allow you to amass a large amount of wealth. But as you amass that large amount of wealth, you want to be very smart with it. For example, uh, everybody's is cracking me up. Shiba's going crazy right now. You should, if you're in Shiba, you should be pulling profits. If you're in Shiba right now, you would be silly to not pull profits. Like people are sitting yeah, there. My, my wife, um, <laughs> she she staked her Shiba three, uh, two months ago into a three-month staking thing on Binance. So she's kicking herself today. Yes. Uh, she was kicking yeah. herself that she bought it in the first place. She's been waiting for a long time to get out. She's locked in. Yes. Um, yes. I, I've been giving her a hard day all day today. See, your Shiba's pumping 50% with <laughs> the time that you go to sell it. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. It's up 85% today. It's up 85% right now before we got on. And I'm telling people, like, so this is a good example. It's not going to keep going up like that. It, it, that. You should be so you should pull a little bit off the table, pull a little bit off the table, pull a little bit off the table. So the way that I did my finances is when I got into crypto. So basically my crypto portfolio is all house money. So I've already taken my initial investment because I got in early, like I got into XRP around 13, 17 cents. I got into B chain well under a penny. And so what I did is I worked first to get my initial investment out of the crypto market. So if the crypto market collapsed, it's literally house money. It's like going to Vegas and putting a thousand dollars down on roulette. I won 2000. I took my thousand back already so now i'm operating at a different energy level because it's the house money so now i'm playing with house money with the house money i'm going to keep 15 percent in the house forever then i'm going to take 50 percent and because i'm you know obviously i'm behind ken in regards to my wealth generation and so i want to start to catch up to where he's or to a quarter where he's at and then build from there right and so one thing i want to share with people guys you got to remember i was broke two years ago I've been very honest with you guys. My whole life is completely different financially in two years. By buckling down, I didn't. I stopped all frivolous spending, gone, like no frivolous spending. Me and my kids were living off $100 a week, right? I did move back in with my parents. I shared that with you guys. I was honest. I was like, why wouldn't I? I moved back in with my parents. I've gotten divorced. I got my shit together, and I went hardcore. I started studying people like Ken Mack, what they were doing. I'm like, holy shit. We're doing something. They're doing something completely different than we are. As we're all focused on pornography and excessive video game playing and all this stuff over here, they're over there buying gold and silver and making business deals and they're freaking buying assets and then buying more assets. And then I just started to do the same thing, the same model. I started to find money everywhere. I started flipping vacuums. I started going to garage sales, the Gary Bay strategy. And in two years, I changed my whole financial future. So I want to encourage people that are watching this maybe earlier in their investment or sitting there maybe working at a gas station like, well, how can I do this? You can, you can, you can do it very, and there's, there'll never be a time, in my opinion, I, you know, you could share Ken, but I don't think there'll be a time like this in history where the normal everyday person can get into an asset class like cryptocurrency and amass a large amount of wealth, but it's rigged against you warriors. Cause once you come flying in, they're going to pull the plug on you. So you got to be ready with a game plan. You know, I just want to uh, ask you a question there. Uh, just for the avoidance of doubt, on the, uh, are you going to start laddering out 50% of your positions on the run-up to the 18th of October? 
Oh, great question. Oh, yeah. Great. So basically I have, um, so the way I have it set up is it's not based on a date. It's based on um, price targets. So for example, if um, like, for example, let's use XRP, for example. So if XRP went to seven to $10, I would pull 10% of my portfolio. If it went to 15 to 20 or that range, I'd pull another 20%, right? So it'd go all the way up to 50. So if it doesn't hit those targets, I won't be pulling at all. So I'm just going to hold oh, okay. long term. Yep, does that make sense? So the 18th, it's just uh, so I don't want anybody that's watching this now to make any um, impulsive decisions, um, you know, based on what we were saying and start selling off their XRP or Bitcoin. So, right. uh, the avoidance of doubt, you are not going to be selling off any assets on the run up to the 18th. No, no, no. Yeah. So, my exit strategy has been set. It's so my exit <laughs> strategy is not based on dates, it's based on price targets. And so, it doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. So, if crypto collapses, I still have, so, you know, I have a lot of XRP. So if crypto collapses, I just have a lot of XRP at a low, lower value, right? And so I'll hold on to it long-term. And so people are like, well, what if it doesn't hit your price targets and I'm holding on to it long-term? And so that that's okay. why it's important too, what, you know, what you taught me is to diversify. I've been diversifying, not just in crypto. Like for example, um, I'm not buying more crypto because of my financial position. I'm not buying any more crypto right now. I'm holding and I'm using my money now to diversify more into precious metals because I'm too, I was too heavy in just crypto. And if crypto collapses, yeah. that's my whole, that's my whole retirement, right? That's everything. So what I'm learning from you is now I'm, I'm now taking the excess money I have from my companies. I'm getting into metals and then I'm going to get into LBOs, which I know that's a whole different model, but. Yeah. yeah you know, it's a, a very interesting point that you've just made as well. And it's, it's amazing how many people in crypto they think they're diversified right. in crypto, but there's no such thing as diversification in crypto, and you guys need to understand that. And for those of you guys who've just joined as well, um, I just want to say on the 18th of October, the U.S. will hit their legally mandated debt limit. So the country would fully default the first time in history, and an economic reset, a recession as a result will take place. So the debt ceiling has been suspended or raised 78 times since 1960. So what are the chances of them raising the debt ceiling again? Very I high. think it's highly likely. I think it's most likely. Yeah. 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 I think there'll be a, maybe a small dip in the market. However, I think that, you know, let's think about market, um, uh, you know, professional market traders. The market's very forward thinking. So this yeah. might already be priced into the market. Actually, I want to recommend a book as well. Um, and I know there's such a big um, cryptocurrency following here. It's called Market Wizards. Mm. Okay. So my, my camera's a little bit uh, blurry, but it's called Market Wizards, uh, Interviews with Top Traders. So a very good book for understanding the economics, the fundamentals, the technicals, and how to understand these things yourself. But um, yeah, so raising or suspending the debt ceiling does not authorize new federal spending, but rather allows the Treasury to honor debts already yeah. incurred. And I just want to say, guys, our goal, okay, is not to spread fear, but right. to raise awareness, not to intentionally make you guys afraid. You need to become aware of, um, of economic events, and we need to live in the real world. You need to raise your energy, your frequency, and your vibration. As you start to absorb more energy... You will um, start to be able your, your energy, your frequency, and vibrations to going to start to lift, and you're going to start to see and perceive the world in a completely different way than you've seen the world before. Um, so as long as you continually learn and and, and uh, surround yourself with good information, it can yeah. elevate you into a new consciousness and way of thinking. You know, I get to the stage when I'm with people that I'm thinking they just don't understand what I'm saying, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself. Uh, are you on drugs? <laughs> like, are you heavily sedated? I don't say that, but my head say, says that to me. And this is very common. You know, the you, you you pretty much live in another paradigm. So by surrounding yourself with quality people and information and constantly yeah. elevating your vibration, you are going to get yourself onto a completely different level. I just want to say, guys, as well, if you appreciate this content, it's very important for me that you smash the like button so that you can show the YouTube algorithm that this content that we're sharing with you is relevant, yeah. that we can increase the number of people that is absorbing the content that we're sharing with you. Um, I want to make this content very relevant so that we can unconditionally help as many people as we possibly 
can, guys. Yeah. So every, every week, you know, when you're hitting that like button, that for me is very, very important because it's it's raising um, it's raising our position on the YouTube algorithm. Yeah, one thing too is I, I keep thinking about like from a perspective because we have a lot of people. I spoke this last weekend. There was a lot of people that were coming up to me like, how do I get started? How do I? So the first thing I would do is like, if you don't think you have money, that's a problem. Thinking is very important. You're, the way you think is very important. There is resources everywhere. So you have to change your frame of mind. Number two, what I would do is I would look at my finances and I would look at all the frivolous spending that I'm doing. I would go through my debit card transactions and I would look at like, are you – uh, buying coffee at Starbucks? Are you buying energy drinks? Are you eating out excessively? Cut down. But I always say eat beans and rice for two months straight, right? Save all the excess money that you're spending and learn how to buy assets, right? And you know, you could start with silver, you could start with gold or, or maybe cryptocurrency, educate yourself. You can join our academy. We teach you how to do this stuff. But basically you start to practice every single time you get money, pay yourself first, Take 10% of everything you earn and pay yourself first. Once you start to do that, you'll start to see that all of a sudden that 10% that you put in the 10 bucks becomes 12 bucks. And then the 12 bucks you put, you add on top of that another 10 bucks the next week. And that becomes $14. And then the price goes up and that's 30 bucks. So what I did is I went from, you know, a thousand to 2000 to 10 to 20 to six figures to, and all of a sudden the six figures becomes a million. And then it just happens very organically because you're thinking a certain way. And I, you know, the water priestess is somebody who we brought on before is currency. It needs to be fluid. Currency wants to move. It doesn't want to sit. So for example, you know, you see Ken all the time, you know, he's business deals, he's making money, then he's going and buying more currency, hard, hard currency right and then something goes up he takes money out he's going into pancake swap his money is constantly moving and so i'm starting to do that like i felt like i was kind of dammed up in cryptocurrency i was in a dam right and so now i'm starting to open up the gates a little bit to diversification which would be precious metals which is my wealth preservation and then i'm going to keep the flow going into lbo's and then once the lbo starts to produce once i get you know my first lbo then that fluid the money starts flowing out of the lbo back into assets and then you're in the middle of an asset machine that's just feeding you over and over again and so you don't have to have a ton of money to make money. I think that's one thing that I want people to understand is that I, I just want to continue to tell my story is that I, two years ago was broke. I mean, guys, I, I couldn't even pay attention. I was so broke, but I was like, no, there has to be a better way. So Ken was working at McDonald's before he first started his journey. And so like, we're just normal dudes that are sharing this information with you guys, you know, and a lot of financial advisors, not if no offense to financial advisors, but they're selling you the products and services that are going to give it the bank the most commission. I mean, really, right? I mean, that's that's the truth. You're going into a bank or, or an insurance agent and they're giving you the products and services that are going to give them the most commission. That's just how it works in the sales system, right? And so we're just two dudes that are sharing with you guys the real information that we are giving out there. So, you know, Ken, can you share like, um, I want to like back in the days when you first started getting into LBOs and stuff, like, like, did you ever think you would be in this position where you're at now? And like, like, because I, you know, I'm sure it's, do you ever look back and say, I mean, from McDonald's to where you're at now? Yeah, I just want to uh, touch on, you know, you were talking about paying yourself first. So this is something that Robert Kiyosaki um, shares um, in some of his books. And I want to just, um, you know, give you guys as much value during the session as we can. And just you know, touching on a few points, first of all, that you mentioned. So, you know, just sitting in my bookshelf here, I don't have as many books as I used to have. Um, so this is a, you know, Rich Dad, poor, poor Dad Guide to Investing. So you need to start by raising your financial IQ. So this was called Increasing your financial IQ. There's another one called the cash flow quadrant. So this is going to reprogram your neuroplasticity and give you a new way of thinking about money and finances and a way of doing things. So all of the Robert Kiyosaki books are a very good place for you guys to start. Um, talk, you talked about financial advisors as well. Now, isn't it funny how you've got to be authorized and regulated by the FCA or the SEC to give this advice. But you've got to look at the, you know, how much are these guys making? Stop taking your advice from broke people. You want to start taking your advice. In fact, you know what the best source of information probably is? The people on YouTube who's telling you that this is not financial advice. You know, this is for educational purposes only, of course, guys, okay? But just be mindful, raise your vibration and start to see things and question everything. I started questioning everything in school. 
I started questioning everything because I was making I was making some good money when I was in school. I started a cleaning business when I was 15, cleaning patio furniture. I was selling loans for Tesco Personal Finance at 15, 16 years of age. So I thought, I, I just, uh, I don't believe in this system. Why in the world are they forcing me to, or, or to, to try and uh, make an application for college and university? Why are they, or, or did they keep on repeating that you uh, can either go to the big bad world? I don't know how many times I heard this word, the big bad world. Or you can do it the easy way and you go to college and university. So I just had this belief, and this is goes, goes to the question that you were asking me, you know, uh, did, did, did I believe that I would be where I am now? I don't know. I just knew that one day, uh, I knew that the only option for me to get to what I wanted to get to was if I, you know, my father did tell me back in the day that you need to be your own boss. If you want to get... Uh, if you want to get far in life, you need to be your own boss. Employ yourself. He was a self-employed insurance agent. Um, you know, work, you know, working class people, but he worked for himself. Um, but you know, I was working at McDonald's, all sorts of different jobs. I'm not. The, I wasn't the brightest of people either. You know, I, I couldn't absorb shit in school. I just wasn't interested. Um, I don't think I would have the financial, or, so no, sorry, the, the IQ inside my head to go and study to be a doctor or anything like that. I just, um, I just didn't have it at all. You know, I'm just a normal dude um, that believed that had a self belief, and um, you know, uh, an ex girlfriend's father had said to me he was an entrepreneur. They'd one of the uh, um, the biggest construction companies in Florida. And he said to me, "Ken, you're an entrepreneur in the making." And he handed me a book called The Secret back in the day, and that's what started to stimulate my mindset. I thought, Jesus, this book is insane. It just made me think differently. And after him saying that to me, it just helped me reprogram my mindset when I was 20 years of age. And I thought, you know, this is it. You know, the only way that I can get ahead in life, I've got nobody to teach me. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I, um, I need help. Uh, what am I going to do? So I thought, I need a business. How do I get a business? I'm going to buy a business. What kind of business can I buy? I thought, I've got no skills. I don't know what I'm doing. I can clean. So let's buy a cleaning business. I um, I rented a room of a guy, and this guy had multiple properties. And I thought, this guy's a genius. He is renting every room in his house out to different people. So he's one house rented out five times. I thought, his name was Mike. I want to be like Mike. How is this guy an Audi R8? He's just ordered himself an Audi R8 when the things come out. And I thought, this is insane. Like he's got, a, he had a window cleaning business as well. He um, he had a uh, a commercial cleaning business. So he's cleaning banks, and he had uh, a bunch of staff working for him. I think he had like ten staff. So just the you know, commercial cleaning contracts. My head was like, wow, like. I would love to have my own commercial cleaning business and have my own people working for me. So I said, Mike, what, what is these, this window cleaning round that you've got? What's happening with it? He said, well, I've kind of left it to rot, to be honest. I said, would you ever think of selling it? He said, well, Ken, you know, I can see the ambition in you. I'll take you in my car around all of the, um, all, all of the old clients. And if you can salvage them, salvage the clients, just give me a donation for this business. And I was absolutely motivated and determined to uh, to make this business work. And he was playing a song in the car. It was uh, Men at Work from a Land Down Under. Uh, like, ever since, uh, uh, every, every single time I hear this song, it reminds me of being with Mike, getting around all of his old customers, um, you know, showing me, I was taking a note of all of the, the addresses. And I think he had like 40, and there was hundreds, there was hundreds of, uh, addresses that he had. He said it was four days on and three days off. So I said, Ken, this is the um, this is the window cleaning round. Good luck. He showed me how to clean windows. And um, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do this. I started banging the doors. said, hey, guys, I've taken over Mike's window cleaning round. My name's Ken. Um, I want to get you back in the register and get you uh, um, in, in the uh, the diary for, for a window clean. Uh, prices remain the same. We haven't changed the prices. So I, I just I continued it as if nothing had happened. I said Mike's been unwell, and um, you know 
I do apologise, but I'm now taking over and I hope everything is okay. So I managed to salvage a significant amount of this window cleaning round and I, I was making really good money. And I took it to the stage where I'd expanded the business so much, I'd employ some staff. Um, I had no time to collect the money. I'd, I'd had, had to employ somebody to collect the money as well. I was having my three days off. We're cleaning about 35 houses a day. Um, we're charging between five and 15 pounds per house. Uh, cleaning the windows, I thought, right, okay, I'm ready for the next big thing. So I uh, ended up selling the window cleaning round to my dad's window cleaner. I gave Mike a ni nice big payout as well as a thank you. And uh, he said he honestly wasn't expecting anything from me. But I wanted to respect him for changing. You know, he pretty much changed my life. And I thought, right, Mike, I want to be like you. I want to own properties. Um, I want to own, uh, you know, HMOs, houses of multiple occupation, this is insane. I want to have your life, man. You're like, you're my landlord, but you super inspire me. Um, and that's where it all started. Uh, you started dialing out the yellow pages. I, I didn't know what lead generation was. It was This was what made common sense to me. I was always somebody who would question uh, everything and be a critical thinker. They don't want you doing that in school. That's why I criticized and uh, uh, the, the whole system that they were trying to hand me on the plate. And yeah, I uh, found a cleaning business that the owner, Audrey, her name was, agreed to give me on deferred consideration, which was seller finance. So I didn't need to pay um, any money down for five years. And I had a down payment that was facilitated by a family member, so an investor uh, in the business. And that was the down payment, pretty sim simple, straightforward. And about 25 staff working for the business at the time with uh, nightclubs, restaurants, uh, with all sorts of businesses. I started to expand the business rapidly, buying other complementary boat-on businesses, and my life just started to completely change. And at 22 years of age, I was making a lot of money. And all my friends that went to college and university were saying, Ken, how the fuck did you do that? I just said, I used my common sense. This is the only thing that made sense to me. And like, I've got no skills. I'm not as clever as you. The most intellectual people are usually the ones who are stuck in the system. What does Robert Kiyosaki say? A PhD is what you come out of university with. That means poor, helpless, and desperate. I don't want to come out poor because I'm going to have a massive amount of student debt. I'm going to be helpless because I'm looking for a job. I'm going to be desperate. I'm going to be poor, helpless, and desperate. I need help, and I don't want to be in that position. And that's where I, that is where my life started to change and with the cleaning business, I started getting into maintenance, facilities management, uh, drain cleaners. I thought there's money and shit. Somebody, you, know, uh, um, somebody, you, uh, you could call him a mentor, but he was a like, competitor I get really friendly with. And um, he said, Ken, there's money and shit. I thought, wow, I need to start cleaning shit. <laughs> so I bought a, a, a drainage business. <laughs> I bought a drainage business. I thought, Jesus Christ, I can make money by cleaning people's shit. So, like, we, we bought uh, drain cleaning vans with jetting equipment, started employing uh, drainage uh, cleaning engineers. So, we had a call-out service, and we called, it was called Reactive Maintenance, where we were sending units out to, uh, we had contracts with, like, Valiant Sports, with 500 sites doing the reactive maintenance in the UK. And uh, we were making so much money from one call-out, like, 500 pounds. We are getting multiple call-outs a day. I thought, wait a second, right, we're going down these drains, some problems we can't cure. So what do we need to do? We need to buy drain CCTV pipeline inspection equipment so that we can see what's down there. And that's another service which was making even more revenue. And I think I remember the name of the equipment. It was called the PeerPoint FlexiPro P350 Plus, which I got a loan for to buy. This equipment was like £15,000 at the time. But it was making us so much money, man. And they were subcontracting the workout to... Uh, building companies who would then fix the, the collapsed drainage. So I thought, Jesus, like the, 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 this, me getting into the cleaning business has opened so many doors for me. And I thought my passion is agnostic. I am a, a, an agnostic investor where I am not, so, I don't want to be so focused on one industry. Like the world is my oyster. And I, can, and I started to reprogram my mind and believe that anything is possible. I can be anybody that I want to be. I don't need to be a doctor to own a doctor's surgery or a dentist to own a dentist surgery. I just need to leverage other people and I can own the business and sit on the top. 
like I did, I never picked up the mop. I didn't need to. We had a nice staffing structure. Um, I was fully prepared to, but my focus was on growing the business and taking it to the stage where we could sell it out to competitors and make an exit. And I could sell it for a significantly high multiple. And guys, I had no knowledge, no knowledge whatsoever in buying or selling businesses. So, you know, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the beginning of my story. I've got a little program, guys, that I put together called the Business Buying Challenge, which is it's five days. You're, you guys are very, I know I'm going to hit, hit up with maybe a lot of messages as I do on Instagram, but you're very welcome to join us. It's completely inexpensive. Uh, we charge £47 for it. Very welcome to come on board, thebusinessbuyingchallenge.com, and you can learn over five days, access all of the live recordings, how to do this for yourself and get our full toolkit as well, because we want you guys to be part of what we are doing. So as Coach GV says, we rise together. And I love that saying that, you, that you've got there because that's what it's all about. And my mission is very aligned with your mission is to help as many people as I possibly can during what's going to be one of the most um, difficult times in human history, but only for those who don't understand and have the confidence. And those of you guys who don't have the confidence, we want to help elevate that comfort, uh, uh, your consciousness so that you can get to exactly where you need to be uh, by 2025. Because I think by then, currency is going to be heavily debased. I am very actively um, buying assets. I'm looking at forestry, little bits of land. I'm looking at lots of different things, guys, because I'm very scared about currency. I'm not scared about assets because what, what's Bill Gates doing, guys? What is he doing right now? He is going oh, like crazy, mm -hmm. buying farmland and mm -hmm. land all over the USA. Yep. What happened with all of these companies last year? The, the CEOs, they were heavily selling off. They knew what was coming. Yep. They were heavily selling off their stock so that they, they could then diversify into assets. So we, unfortunately, are one year too late. Uh, but I'm buying, I'm even looking at alternative assets. I'm buying expensive watches because these watches are exploding in value. They could probably be double in price this time next year. So I don't, I've got a lot of money I could put into more Bitcoin, but I don't think my wife is going to be too happy because she keeps on telling me I'm too over too overexposed. But we're now looking at land in multiple countries just now. And I, I just don't trust anybody or about anything what's happening just now. So we will probably structure these assets into uh, SPV, special purpose vehicles, so that we can ring fence out of our own name and protect these assets so that they're out of reach of any potential risk. So I know that I've gone on a little bit there. Love I want to thank everybody just for listening to me, but I, I'm very passionate about these things. And, you know, it's, uh, I get very excited when people ask me, about, you know, where did it all start? So I, I do apologize if I went on a little bit there, but uh, no, it's good. An honor to that with everybody. Yeah, no, that's important because that's what it's, it, that's how we teach is through our stories and wisdom, because it's like, you know, it'd be different if, you know, you're someone who's inherited billions of dollars and millions of dollars, but you went through the trenches of building and growing and building and growing. And I think the biggest things that stand out about the story warriors is like he said, he's not a doctor. He's not a lawyer. He didn't spend, you know, years and years in school. It, it's not about the education. It's about the application. And the thing is, whereas a lot of people who were a lot of business professors, don't even know how to run a business just because you read something out of a book. The best thing to learn from is people who are actually in the trenches doing it, who are learning and growing. That's one thing that I learned in the last two years is I was always seeking wise counsel. And I realized that my counsel wasn't that wise. I was I was seeking and finding people who were educated, but I wasn't finding people who were full of wisdom. And now I've started to find people who are full of wisdom. And I pick my mentors very, very strategically to find out who they are, what they're doing, what type of moves they're making. And you're going to see that you're going to do the same thing, Warriors. So make sure that you're constantly coming here at 9am on Monday. Actually, next week, we're going to be Tuesday as well. So we got a little switch. I'm, I'm traveling, then we're heading to Dubai. And then we'll be we'll keep you guys updated on the dates. And thank you guys for the switch. I know yesterday was a little crazy with the Facebook stuff happening right now. Um, but this is um, okay, this is a great question. So we'll answer a couple questions before we go, I know we're at the top of the hour, but it says, what happens? So they're talking about an LBO. It says, what happens when your business um, in the economy tanks? Can the uh, leverage Joe figure out, oh, the average Joe figure out how to do this through Ken's course, or do you need to know a ton of wealthy people? So that's a great question. 
Yeah, so what happens to your business when the economy tanks? Well, that's why you want to buy into essential infrastructure businesses that are going to be unaffected by the economy. If not, they're going to thrive, if anything. So the the, the cool thing is that you buy buying revenue, you can readjust the prices in line with the inflation. So you you don't want to be the consumer. You you want to be the one behind the steering wheel that's physically controlling the price of the, either the service or the product that that business is generating. So it would be foolish, I think, just now to buy maybe a, a leisure-based uh, based business or a hotel or something, a hospitality-based, a, a bar or a restaurant. I'm not saying it's not going to do well. I, I, what I'm saying is that that is very high risk. I just want to touch on something that, you know, when Coach mm -hmm. GV was talking about wisdom, um, I want you to remember this, guys, that knowledge, okay, it is your ability to analyze all of the data and all of the wealth that you accumulate. And wisdom is when you learn from somebody else's experience. And experience is like the apps inside your brain, which allow you to carry out a lot of functions. I want you guys to be surrounding yourself as much, yeah. as much knowledge, wisdom, and experience that you possibly can in a time like now, this is your duty, your obligation, and your responsibility to, um, not just for you, but your family, to upgrade your current position, guys. Very serious time in history that we're living through. Yeah, and we're going to start turning up the heat on you guys a little bit and start, you know, and then like like Ken made a really good point. Like, so for October 18th, I'm not exiting the market by October. I'm exiting based on a very strict strategy that I created for my crypto portfolio based on price targets. What we're doing, we're educating you on dates that are coming up that are critical, right? It's going to play out in the political narrative on how it's going to play out just so they can move the monetary system where they want to move it. But you have to know these critical macroeconomics and microeconomic things happening so you can make informed decisions. We're all like I always say, I use the wizard, the movie Wizard of Oz. They went down the yellow brick road and then when they pull back the curtain, they're like, that's the wizard. Right. So you really don't know what the wizard's going to do behind the scenes. But you can, as Ken says, history doesn't repeat itself. It often rhymes. So if you can see the rhymes in history, you know, every fiat currency in history has collapsed. Every every currency has about a hundred year lifespan. We're at the seven year Shemitah, the 50 year Jubilee. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's inevitable of what's going to happen. The question is, are you going to take action? Now, remember, not taking action is a decision. Remember that not taking action is also a decision. But I want you to think about this and we'll, we'll let you guys go in just a moment. But I want you to think about yourself sitting on the porch 30 to 40 years from now with your grandkids. Like, what are you going to be? Are you going to be the person that's rocking back and forth with a big bunch of land and your kids are riding the ponies and having a great time and you're able to travel all over the world? Or you're going to be the person that said, oh, I had the opportunity. I saw this guy, Ken Mack and Coach JV, and they were telling me all about this. And I did nothing. I did absolutely nothing. So remember, no action is action. And your family's relying on you to take advantage of not only the biggest shift in generational wealth, but our economic system. And remember, it's all about your paradigm warriors. It's all about I, I'm having the best time of my life the last two years. <laughs> I'm literally amassing more wealth than I've ever had in my life in the last two years when I see people completely falling apart because my paradigm is on making decisions to move my family forward into generational wealth. That's all I'm focused on. I don't care what they do on the 18th. It will help and I'll make decisions based on that. But what they do isn't going to affect how I build my family's generational wealth. I'm just going to keep moving along the pathway to generational wealth. And remember, the richest people in history are made in crisis. So I think that's really important to understand. We're going to keep coming to you guys every single. So next week will be Tuesday at 9 a.m. I'll be traveling back. And then that night I'll be traveling out to Dubai. And then we'll be doing a show on Sunday while we're in Dubai at a undisclosed location. And we might uh, show you guys a special place where we're going to go to. So anything else, Ken, before we let him go? Um, have we got a couple of moments to do a quick analysis? Take a look at the charts. Should we do it quickly? Okay. Yes, please. Okay, so all of the on-chain indicators that I've been looking at are insanely bull bullish right now. It looks as if we're forming uh, like a, an inverse head and shoulders on the four-hourly chart. I, You can see this uh, bit of a macro uh, symmetrical triangle that we've got uh, there since the, uh, the last breakdown that we had back in April. But to me, it's, in the, it's showing that as soon as we claim 51 thousand five hundred as support on the bitcoin chart and i'm going to do the analysis always on bitcoin because that's what's going to dictate the way that the market goes so for me i'm not opening any trading positions 
uh, or any spot purchases at the moment. Uh, I'm going to be waiting until we break out of this downward sloping trend line here because, you know, until we break out of this, we are still in a downtrend. But as soon as we re uh, get this as support at 51,500 and we close a four-hourly candle or even a daily candle above, then I will be looking at uh, perhaps accumulating some more Bitcoin. Um, so I don't want to... Uh, um, Encourage, of course, anybody to open up any uh, positions uh, in the markets. It's not the intention. I'm just giving you a market overview. But my, um, if I just put this in logarithmic, my breakout target from this uh, structure here is the $83,000. Um, so I uh, think the markets right now look extremely bullish. Um I think that if you're planning selling your positions, it would be perhaps a, maybe not so much a good decision in the, in the quarter four of this year. Because if we look at history, quarter four is always the most bullish time in the market. So that's my take just now on the markets looking very, very nice, guys. So thank you so much, everybody, for staying. I know that uh, we've um, uh, gone a little bit uh, over time there. So Thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, to be with you all and share all of this information with you. And thank you, Coach JV. And I look forward to seeing all of you guys next week. Yes. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's go.